back to another episode of the Catholic Buzz Podcast. Thank you for joining us on our second episode of our series on sex. My name is Father Daniele, and I'm joined by, watch this, the Sexperts. Oh. Josh Sullivan <laughs> over here and Matt Dan Milligan over here. I'm sorry I called you a sexpert. I just realized okay. I, I, I you're like not. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I have four kids that would say, well, not my kids, but that would prove. Otherwise. That would prove it. I have proof, <laughs> I have Josh proof. is saying. Okay, so we got off to a start last uh, week. We were talking about the beauty of sex. We were talking about uh, the God's uh, will for the world. And how he shares creation with husbands and wives, right? Yeah. So if people, uh, you know, miss that episode, you know, because we were saying, you know, everyone sees the Catholic Church as sort of prudish, uh, prudish on yeah. sex. So we were talking about the beauty of it, and we were talking about theology of the body from John Paul II, Human Vitae, 1968, uh, from Pope Paul VI. Uh, so that's in the first episode the on purpose the series of sex. Yeah, yeah, on the series of sex. And so today we're talking about those the- things that. You know, maybe people are more interested in. I, I, I would, I would think. <laughs> oh, so we're going to talk about what the church says against what what violates the beauty. I think this is sex. where people would say that the church is prudish, but it's not in a way that you would think because there's a very clear defined rules and lines. The problem is that a lot of people don't know them, and so because of that, no one wants to talk about them, and then yeah. n- not talking about them means that we don't know where those lines are. That's right. And so our imagination goes places where the church hates sex altogether because we just don't know. Yeah, and the, the entry point for this discussion is a lot of times presented as a list of like, you can't do this, you can't do that, yes. you can't do this, yeah. but without kind of laying the ground, or like that's not the, the beginning of the dis- discussion, right? So yeah. last week we kind of laid the groundwork that... You know, these, you know, prohibitions or these, you know, this is what you shouldn't do or this is what you can't do follow from, you know, that positive definition of what, you know, sexuality is and what it's for. Yeah. So I'm going to throw out a whole bunch of topics at you guys and, and you just uh, comment on them because these are the things that people struggle with in, in, the, in the life, uh, you know, in their life. Uh, so these, we would say, violate the goodness or the higher good of, of, of sex, right? Mm-hmm. So let's go with the most obvious, I guess, would be uh, adultery. Let's yeah. say adultery. That covers a lot of different areas, Yeah. Right? So let's start yeah. there. Okay, yeah. So adultery. <laughs> so adultery would be, I mean, it's really, it's against the commandment, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so adultery would be to... Uh, to lust after or have a sexual relations with someone outside of the confines of marriage. That's right. Yeah. But I think that would be the definition probably in total, right? Yeah. And so that could kind of cover premarital sex. That would cover um, cheating. That would cover um, having sex with a prostitute. That would cover um, having sex after uh, with somebody you're not married to. It would even, uh, 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 I was going to say... Um, so let's start with the most obvious infidelity, yeah. like yeah. in, in adultery, okay. right? Yeah. So you're in a committed relationship. You've you've promised them that you're going to be with them for the rest of your life. Uh, that's what the church says in this committed relationship that you're free to uh, to engage in the sex act, right? Uh, for pro for the procreation for procreative act. Yeah, I think I think infidelity is a good starting point for our discussion about that because that's yeah. something that kind of the secular view of marriage still kind of sees as wrong. Or still, it's like it's a good starting point that like this is a violation of, um, you know, what what marriage is or what marriage should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would say that like you can distinguish between the secular and you know, um, religious view of marriage as you know the difference between a, a contract and a covenant. That there's like a real sacramental reality that underlies you know a Catholic marriage. 
Um, but even even in a secular marriage, like m- majority of people would still say, you know, it's wrong to be unfaithful to somebody you've you know promised your life to. Mm-hmm. That it's like even if it's it's at the level of being wrong as just a violation of a promise, like you didn't keep your word. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the things that we're going to talk about today, like. Um, as soon as you kind of move away from, you know, marriage being an actual thing, something that you're actually accountable to, or that like actually, like we'd say, uh, representing an ontological reality um, that, you know, like when you're married, you're changed, you're not your own, you belong in like in, in a true sense to this other person right. um, that, you know, um, uh, most people wouldn't say that like, okay, um, I have a good marriage because I'm not unfaithful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. To my wife, it's like no, you, you like um, being unfaithful is probably um, a byproduct of you know a lot of other problems in a relationship, or like just a lack of that you know deep foundational understanding of what marriage is. Um, that you know we we can say that <clears throat> if marriage is built on like an actual intimacy, um, an actual like commitment to fidelity to the other, that a violation of that in any in any way is you know is the antithesis of marriage or is right. yeah so giving yourself like we talked about it last last um last episode in the series we're talking about how awesome sex is because you are fully giving each other to each other like you're giving i'm you fully give giving myself self. to yeah. to my wife and she's giving her full self to me the problem when it comes to that if we take that sexual act outside of marriage and let's say that i am seeing another woman um then that right there i'm not giving my full self to my wife exactly. because i'm i'm splitting it somehow you know what i mean yeah. and so right there it's just kind of no it you can't it can't happen that way because as we talked about that the awesomeness of sex and the awesomeness of marriage and the, as you're saying in the covenant is giving that full self mm-hmm. and so you're breaking that part off you're not doing that part yeah and if there's someone listening or watching you know that's in a situation of infidelity like mm-hmm. maybe they're wrapped up in a in another relationship or something like that uh you know i i think maybe now is a wake-up call to really yeah. reflect on what you're doing and to be able to seek reconciliation with Mm -hmm. uh, your spouse and maybe to seek uh, some advice or some counsel from uh, someone in the church or a counselor. Okay. Uh, On the the topic of infidelity, I want to mention popular things that are happening today in today's culture. Uh, Swingers. I guess swingers have always been around. You know, you can share You hear from like Roman times and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, and then today there's a, uh, what they call thruples. Have you heard this? No, I haven't actually. So okay, instead yeah. of a couple, it's a thruple. So there's there's three people actually in like a relationship. In a, in a relationship? Yeah. Oh, uh, you can see this on TV. And then, uh, of course, uh, maybe it's been around for a while, but, but um, relationships from that are polygamous. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Polygamous. Yeah, yeah, polygamy. Yeah, yeah. Polygamy. Yeah. Yeah. So... Those are things that are still abound today. Yeah. All do not fit the criteria of a marriage relationship where the sexual act uh, is, is concerned. And actually, the, the catechism actually talks about it in, in, in talking about how it's between a man and a woman. But specifically, I think it mentions um, talking about the, uh, was it 2376? Um yeah, basically techniques that entail the dissociation of husband and wife by the intrusion of another person other than the couple. 
are gravely moral. And so it just kind of like just hits like, so it's between a man and a woman, husband and wife, yeah. and like adding anybody extra in there <laughs> doesn't yeah. matter. It is not, it's not, again, because it's a giving, a full giving over. You, it's not, it's not, okay, I give you half and I give you half. It's, yeah. it's, it, that doesn't work. And, and it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. And it's a violation of the sacrament itself at a deep yeah. level, but for the reasons we said kind of last week, it, it, it's also probably a bad idea on kind of a practical or pragmatic level, like that, you know, if, if you, um, we talked about the the release of oxytocin as yeah. kind of the like primary element of intimacy or like the kind of biological component of intimacy. Like the more widely distributed that is, the less bonding it is. That it's like the more people you have this, yes. you know. It's uh, like duct tape. You rip yeah. it off and you put it on, rip it off, put it <laughs> yeah, on, rip it off. Yeah. Eventually right. duct tape doesn't stick anymore. Yeah. Okay, we're going to move on from adultery and infidelity because we have so much to talk about today. And uh uh, but the next topic would, well, I, I think we'll, you know, you've mentioned loop it, Josh, back. in adultery, but we're going to loop back to it, is uh, sex outside of marriage, as in like uh, fornication okay. or premarital sex or something. So I'm specifically thinking about, you know, um, maybe young people uh, yeah. who are uh, having sex at, mm-hmm. at an early age or, or uh, you know, young even, adults. Even or, older people who maybe uh, their spouses both died. Exactly. And they haven't committed to each other. So, but, right. Mm-hmm. So, and, and today that is sort of the thinking, right? I'm free to do whatever I want. So people start dating, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, you know, I think some of the studies show that did, even though sexual activity might be down currently among teenagers at least, yeah that people who are dating are most likely to be engaging in sexual activity, right? So we're, we're, obviously we know that that's outside of the marriage bond, yes. right? So why, wh- what could you say to people in that situation that would get them to really think twice about what they're doing? Where are you going? That's what I'm going to ask. Yeah. Not, not you, but like the people. Yeah. Like where are you going in your relationship? If your relationship is going towards marriage, then just do the deed like not <laughs> sorry pardon go get married <laughs> yes <laughs> like you know don't don't like if you're in your 20s and your 30s and you're like i think a lot of times people again put off having babies and bonding if you will mm-hmm. from, to use a term from last week um to for selfish reasons a lot of time well i want to be financially set i want to be financially stable i want to have a, my own job i want to have my own career i want to yeah. do this i want to do that so if that and you're welcome to do all of that but you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't have all of that and be having sex and be and dating and and all that kind of stuff for all the reasons we kind of mentioned before. Um, so you you got to figure out what your priority is. And if your priority is to raise a family, trust me when I say you want to be doing that in your twenties rather than in your forties. <laughs> okay, right. you don't want to be chasing the babies. I mean, if God grants it to you in your forties, that's awesome. It's a gift, and He knew that. And you get to suffer the <laughs> the fun of getting up at in the middle of the night at, in your forties. But you're a lot. You're able to do that in your twenties and your thirties a lot easier. And and there's a good reason for it. Like I don't think I slept from twenty age of twenty three. I think I had my first twenty three mm-hmm. till the age of about thirty one. I don't think I slept a night without waking up at least once. Right. You know. So and and the argument would be from you know college students, university students, or even. Uh, uh, other people outside of that age group yeah. would be, you know, like, well, how do I know this is the one I'm, uh, you know, I'm going to marry? <laughs> like, you wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't buy a car without, without test testing it, they would it. say. <laughs> you know, like, sort of linking human beings to an object, which yeah. in itself is wrong, right? But this is the thinking of today. 
Uh, now, our, our, remember, our hearts and our minds in today's culture are formed very much by the sexual society that we live in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that uh, we talked last week about humani vitae and you right. know the 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 inextricable link between the unitive and procreative act. Uh, uh, aspects of sexuality. That's right. That, you know, a lot of the, these kinds of arguments are the fallout from trying to separate those things out. Yeah. Um, that it's, you have kind of the commodification of sex. You have, you know, treating people like cars. Yes. You have this idea that yes. it's like, you know, it, this this one aspect of, you know, <laughs> the vehicle needs to work out other or I'm not making a purchase. That it, like, you actually have this kind of language of economic exchange exactly. um that pope paul vi said is was going to be one of the consequences so like it, you know um towards the end of the document he says you know if if you know um society at large embraces that idea that you know unitive and procreative are completely distinct Separate. aspects of that, yeah. that um, um you're going to have you know object uh, like uh gross objectification of women you're going to have you know, the commodification of sex and you're like kind of all of the things that we're Falling encountering right as, you know, arguments against um, the church's view of sexuality is was kind of anticipated uh, by Pope Paul. Yeah. Uh, see, my well, problem, the wisdom of Pope Paul is my problem, too. When you say something about you got to test drive the car, yeah. uh, but you wouldn't <clears throat> buy a car without test driving it right away. The only purpose for your car is to drive it. <laughs> OK. Yeah. And so it's to get around. It's to get around, <laughs> but but you're but like that that's that's the purpose, and so that that makes sense. People but when it, to get around. But ma- marriage in itself is so much more. It, it yeah. sex plays a part of it, but it's so much more than that. Yeah. And sometimes you might not understand that or realize that when you're in your 18, 19, 20, 30, you know. And but but as you get older, and we all know the jokes, and we all know the you know the fun things with the little blue pills and all that other fun stuff, but. Sex doesn't happen all the time. It is, it's not something that you do 24-7. Uh, it's something that you're not thinking about necessarily 24-7 as you get older, um, even though you might be when you're 18, 19, 20, right? Yeah. And so that people might not understand that, but your relationship, while sex is a part of that, think of it more as like maybe you're buying the whole college you know, you're you're buying your 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 bus pass as well as your room and board as well as all the other stuff that comes along with it. You don't necessarily need to get on the bus first. <laughs> Does that make sense? You know that the bus is there and it's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to have to take the bus up to the college, but um, you're not necessarily like you're talking about the room and board and everything else. You've got the whole big package, yeah. right? Makes sense. Yeah, I guess so. I I would implore young people in that situation to really think about what they're doing in that situation. I really believe that people who jump into a sexual relationship oh, yeah. so early um, aren't, and especially after a, a, on the first date or a, after a few dates or whatever, you know, they're not really being respectful of each other. No. And they, you know, everyone has their their level of arousal maybe, and you know, they, they want to. Young people might want to jump each other's bones if they still say that, you know. Uh, but to, to really think about, you know, what what you are, how are you are treating one another. You're basically using someone like a vehicle, yeah, if you would, yeah, yeah. you know, using that example. And then oftentimes, that's it. You know, uh, especially in the young men who, uh, you know, smooth talk young ladies and, and just to, to have sex, then they stop talking to them or whatever it might be. Um, you know, this is wrong. This behavior is wrong. Uh, this, uh, you know, this culture where we're counting how many people we have sex with is wrong. There's something seriously wrong with it. And I, I implore young people to really think twice about what they're doing. Plus, that's not to mention the mental distress that it comes with after uh, after uh, someone's abandoned, after yeah. uh, that intimacy. 
that doesn't count for the STDs that are STIs. I think they call them now uh, that are on the on the rise in communities. Um, you know, there's a whole bunch of issues there that we could keep and, going on. And well, let's look. Let's look at part of that too. Men, why men? <laughs> men in particular it's not only men but a lot of times uh, for stereotypically which means a large percentage of men would they feel love physically yeah. does that make sense and so like we talk about love languages and stuff when you get into different areas but um a lot of times men feel love physically and so that's a brush of the hair it's a, it's a hand on the shoulder it's holding hands it's little things like that but the ultimate form of love is sex. And what they're creating is that ultimate form of love, which against comes into that. So for women, <laughs> I'm telling you as women, you don't want to give up that ultimate form of love uh, because if you're not in that part of the relationship. And for men, you need to look at a different way to express that love until you are able to um, do to 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 ha- to to enter into the bonds of marriage. And so things like, um, we talk about um, how um, men aren't respecting women the way they, they used to. We don't hold open doors or pull out chairs or, or you know open doors of the car chivalry. and everything else. Chivalry. We don't. We chivalry's dead, right? And that is the saying. But we don't. We don't show that so much anymore. But but for guys, you have to realize as men, we have to turn our love again into that physical act that doesn't involve sex. Mm-hmm. And so that means you're going ahead. You're thinking about the woman that you love and so you're showing those acts of love through a physical means that isn't sexual you're holding open a door maybe as as gentlemen um uh, one of the things if you are married one of those physical acts of love are are actually doing things doing chores around the house doing things that your wife doesn't want to do and so you're you're taking that extra step to do a physical act of love that doesn't involve sex and one of the great things, and we're going to talk about it in a little while, I mean, another episode is NFP, but there's a, there's a time in NFP that the Catholic Church says is okay, um, that you don't have sex. And one of the great parts about that, and, and even we'll talk about it at that time, but is you abstain from sex for a very specific time so that you can't get pregnant at that time. And, and you have to find different ways of expressing that love. Yeah. And so as for, for gentlemen, and I'm not going to speak to on the women's behalf, a lot of times women are more emotional, so sitting down and chatting and all that kind of stuff is really important to them. So guys knowing that you sit down and having that conversation is really important a lot of times to the women and women understanding that that's the case. A lot of times women will feel a lot more um, rowdy, let's say, after a an intimate discussion or moment like that is part of it, you know? And so guys, guys <laughs> we talk about guys are light switches. They can flick on and off and, and girls are more of an iron uh, when it comes to, so it takes time time and in, in discussion and those kinds of things when we're talking about sex. You've said that before, right? That one time you before. had that yeah. one already. I was thinking about you. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, That's I see good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, I've, uh, done te- we, I've talked to teenagers many times. I really <laughs> want it. We're past the halfway point okay. of our episode, yeah, yeah. but I really want to talk about contraception Yes, it's because important. that's going to take up a lot of our conversation. But just quickly before we get to contraception, uh, obviously we have to mention here when we're talking about violations of uh, the sex act, uh, rape yes. and incest. Yeah. Uh, those are clearly evil. Uh, those are clearly wrong. And the, the church has always spoke out against uh, yeah. those. They have very specific incest, things okay? in, about rape and uh, I think maybe that's, that's probably self-explanatory why the church is against that. Uh, prostitution, pain for the sex act, obviously, goes back to how we treat people, right? Mm-hmm. Now we're, we're actually physically paying money uh, to to engage in the sex act. This is a horrible way how to treat people, and the church is says that that is a moral evil. 
and uh, and and you know and you're taking the the bonding and the babies out of both. You're just getting the pleasure out of it. Sure, and that's and you're taking advantage of someone's purity, someone's goodness, yeah, someone's yeah, yeah. you know uh, you know sacredness, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, um, and then we t- we talked about dating. You know, what's the purpose of dating? I think you mentioned that already. Yeah, is yeah. Uh, that you know the purpose of dating? Of course, is we're trying to find our life partner. We're trying to find our 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 spouse. We're trying to find the one that God has placed in our life uh, to share in the sacrament of marriage and to have people realize, like, yes, we are. You know, we're we're men in our forties talking about this, but it wasn't so long ago that we were teenagers, and like the sexual revolution still was happening at that time. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like we went through our teenage years. There was stuff going on. There was things that happened. We know what it is to be tempted. We know what it is. It's not like we're saying, oh, yeah, we're never tempted. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, like that's not, that's, but but it it does happen and it is a thing, especially for teenagers to understand and realize that you're not the first ones going through this, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And I, I think we, I think everyone has to really reconsider the goal, the end goal of their dating. Yeah, right for sure like uh, sometimes people are dating I know students in high school are dating because they can't uh, they can't be alone they just need to be with someone yeah. and, they, and they move from partner to partner and they you know or they only latch on to one partner and they don't talk to anyone else like they have no friends they yeah. have no one outside that relationship which is also unhealthy yeah. right uh, so there's lots of things uh, that happen so there for the couples that are dating then let's say yeah. that I was uh, I, me and my my girlfriend at the time me and my girlfriend are dating, uh, and we're and we're we're pursuing marriage. Yeah. Um, one of the good things that I talk to teenagers a lot about is putting boundaries in front. But where should those boundaries be? I mean, am I allowed? Because uh, I've I've talked to yeah. other couples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I for me and my saying. wife had had boundaries that were very specific. But I had talked to other couples, and some other couples were, let's say, a lot more liberal with their boundaries, right. and a lot, uh, and some were a lot more prudish with their boundaries. Not in a bad way, but you know. So like some, I know of a couple that didn't kiss. Before they got married, yeah. Um, I know other couples that did everything except for very specific act of sex. Right. You know what I mean. And so, where are the boundaries? Where, where, where does the Catholic Church say? Because it's, 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 it's a. I don't want to say it's a gray zone because I don't think it's a gray area. No. But it, it is. It's an area that. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the question, uh, the popular question is, you know, how far is too, too far? far? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's a really good question. So uh, the best way I can explain it in the short amount of time that we have yeah. is that there's a difference between intimacy and arousal, right? Gotcha. And so it's okay to be intimate with your with your boyfriend, with your girlfriend, uh, you know, to do like you were saying, looking for other ways. Uh, expressing love. Expressing love. Remember, Holding we're trying hands. to gauge here. Is this, you know, we're trying to look for a future life partner. So. Yeah. We're, we're trying to gauge that, and we do that through little actions of intimacy and sharing those things with each other. When it gets to the point of arousal, you know, when yeah. when uh, kissing, uh, you know, people can share a simple kiss with one another, yeah. and everything's fine. It's it's an expression of intimacy. You know, start getting aroused when, when it starts to, uh, to be like a long, deep, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, makeout session. Makeout yeah, session. Yeah. There you go. Where it starts to be provocative in the sense that. It's uh, provoking it's arousal. Then that's that's too far in yeah. the sense, you know. Uh, same with any other. Like some couples can sit on the couch and cuddle and watch a movie, right? Where that's really tempting to other couples, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think you have to have that conversation with each other. Um, so you know, it's a as personal young adults, thing that placed the boundaries where they. Yeah, are. and I remember we're to avoid the near occasion of sin. Yes, we're also if we're looking for a life partner, we don't want to cross their boundary. We want to be respectful of them as well. If you love right? them, right, you're not going to want to hurt them. You don't exactly. want to diminish them. You don't, don't want to take wanna... advantage okay. of their comfort zone, right? 
I also implore parents, godparents and grandparents, if you have young teenagers or young, you know, that because parents now just let their teenagers do whatever, mm-hmm. like hang out in the basement alone at one in the morning or at midnight or or share rooms on trips and, and all this stuff. Like, stop doing that because... Stop, stop opening up the near occasion of saying... Exactly, yeah. exactly. When left alone, teenagers are not making good decisions. They need your counsel. They yeah. need your good example. And and parents who you might be thinking, well, my daughter, she's good. You know, she won't do that. <laughs> or my son, he's good. He won't be doing that. Remember Guess when you were that again. age. Yes. Yeah, come on. Remember Guess when you were that age. Hormones trump all. Exactly. <laughs> Even Matt has stories he could share from a teenager, <laughs> as a teenager, right? So stop doing that and, and really, <laughs> really start to really look at these situations because they're they're not learning about the responsibility or the the importance of the sacredness uh, of of uh, being intimate with someone yeah. if you're allowing them to skip a whole bunch of uh, you just oh, well, yeah if you're allowing if you're allowing hormones to trauma then, you, then you're, you you don't have dogs dog dogs don't have self control right <laughs> right and so you you're a human you're not a dog all right I said we were trying Sorry, to be fast yeah. we went <laughs> off um, so contraception here let's okay. go because. Most people want to know, like, so the so any form of, of contraception is not acceptable. Is that yeah. right, Matt? Yeah, that's true. Um, so, um, and uh, because of the reasons stated in Humana Vitae, because be, uh, Humana Vitae was largely uh, published in response to the sexual revolution that, you know, was pushing for, you know, kind of wide acceptance of, you know, yeah. this is this is fine. Um, uh, but, you know, it, it reinforced the point that, you know, if you separate out the unitive and the procreative, um, you run into a lot of problems, and not least of which is kind of the commodification of sex. The separation of, um, you know, intimate, non-sexual intimacy um, from from the sex act uh, itself. Um, and contraception is kind of a physical barrier to the unitive aspect of Literally a yeah. physical barrier yeah. in some yeah. cases, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And so we're talking about contraception in all forms. So we're talking about the condom. Right, yeah. uh, we're yeah. talking about the birth control pill. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about well, there's so many available. Well, and, I think and there's certain things like um, is it I I IUD IUD IUDs yeah. right yeah, yeah. Uh, IUDs and and birth control in particularly pills that you're taking. They're like those are to prevent the fertilized egg, which means there's a there's a baby there right from attaching to the uterus. And so there's other other we talked about it last week, I guess it was uh, uh, in abortion, but. Um, there, I mean, two a couple, two, a couple weeks ago. But there's a couple reasons why the the pill might not necessarily be a good thing, and other than the chemicals and everything else, it's also not allowing that fertilized egg to plant itself on in the uterus. And so what happens is the fertilized egg, the baby, because remember we believe that life begins at conception, gets flushed out of the system. Same thing with the IU, um, IUD. Same thing with a lot of those methods of birth control. When it comes to condoms, however, it's different. You're preventing, potentially, you're preventing the sperm from reaching the egg. So that's where you're getting into the... Yeah, uh, yeah. barrier methods are a, are a barrier to a barrier. the unitive and procreative, and non-barrier yeah. methods are a barrier to the procreative. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's, and as you were saying, that like their primary, func- or their primary function is different, but something like the pill is to... Uh, prevent ovulation in the first place a lot yeah. of times uh, but the backup mechanism or like the secondary mechanism is to irritate the the, the uterine lining, lining so much so that, that an egg actually, won't implant yeah. yeah 
And so, and, and like, like we said before too, if, if you are diagnosed to take, uh, sorry, if the, if you have a prescription to take the pill for medical reasons, meaning that you need to regulate your system or your, you can talk to your doctor about exactly what's going on there. And if it is, you know, the, uh, then, then maybe there's another option for you, but if there's not still taking the pill and uh, the primary reason is to regulate your cycles, then you just have to be very careful and watch your cycles so that if you don't have sex while you're fertile. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about more about that in the NFP episode where exactly mm-hmm. those psych- cycles happen and things happen and what the church actually allows us to do in that area. But that's one. So when we're talking about, so we've talked about contraception and different areas of contraception. What about the acts of sex that don't necessarily relate to um, contra- uh, to yeah. conception, right? So like, so I'm, I'm thinking... Yeah, you're thinking like oral sex. Oral sex, saying, anal yeah. sex, all those kind of things, right? Yeah. So um, the the answer there is, uh, I don't know, pretty clear according to the church teaching, and it's that all sexual activity must be open to life, okay? Yeah. It doesn't mean that uh, so oral sex or any other stimulation is not allowed, but it does mean that orgasm must be... <laughs> Josh, you had a Josh. The had a, football has to end in the end zone. The football in the end zone. Yes, it has to form a touchdown or be able to have a touchdown. Right. Is that's that, right. That's the idea. That's right. And so, like I said, loving stimulation is not pro, not prohibited by the church, uh, but the fact is that everything has to be open to life. All sexual activity open to life. So, so the sperm, orgasm takes place. Uh, what I think the catechism says uh, yeah. is genital to, to genital. genital. So sperm ending up outside of the va- uh, the, the vagina in any way for any reason yes. that's that's the reason that's where it stopped and so and, and there and also on that note that uh, it's it's also clear that neither partner should ever be pressured to do something sexually do. which takes them out of their comfort zone yeah. so if one of the spouses is constantly uh, pushing for, pushing some, for something, yeah. you know, other stimulation or whatever like that. That's that's not acceptable. The church doesn't say uh, that that's okay just because uh, you know maybe the the result of the sex does end yeah. um, in this, through intercourse. And we were talking about it earlier, Matt, too. Something about how the intent is supposed to be that orgasm is achieved together, right? Is that yeah? In so in so far as possible, because yeah. people don't always have control over yeah. you know they, like. <laughs> Um, but I, again, and uh, a big part of it is, uh, you know, trusting in the goodwill of the other and, you know, your Pretty, your own yeah. good. That's, you know, yeah. if you're um, doing your best um, yeah. and, and honestly doing your best. Um, you're not being selfish. Yes. Yes, right? exactly. And, kind of you know, yeah. yeah, the intention must be good. Yeah. Right. And I think that's uh, really important. Also, like... Uh, um, I think it's worth mentioning, I think, that uh, there has to be both intent and full knowledge, yes. right, in these situations. So let's say someone who, uh, you know, we're talking about the, the football in the end zone, yeah, we're talking yeah. about this, inter- like this all sexual acts ending in intercourse. Uh, so, you know, what if someone uh, ejaculates prematurely or something yeah, like that? Yeah, like, yeah. is that a grave sin? Well, that wasn't the intention of yeah, it. As right? long as so, that wasn't the intention. Exactly. Yeah. So just to, to rule that out as well. Still, still going to want to talk about it. And it's not going to happen every time, right? Right. right. But that's, yeah. you know. right. Just because Matt mentioned that there was no control. Yeah. They're over. Yeah, uh, for sure. So uh, one thing we didn't mention over contraception was also like sterilization, like Ooh, vasectomies, vasectomies and things like that, right? Uh, so that is a clear uh, break of yeah, cut, snip, uh, whatever you want to want to call it, from uh, being open to life. So that is not acceptable. People who say I've had one kid, I've had two kids, now I'm going to have a vasectomy. Uh, mm. That is not uh, acceptable okay. according so to what, the Catholic Church. What does a, like? Let's just say I'm a man. 
and I've done that. What do I do now? <laughs> um, vasectomies in most cases are reversible. Okay. Um, but uh, again, uh, um, if you're within the church, again, uh, you, you would you would expect what if that I conversation to happen beforehand, or uh, yeah. But if I didn't know and it, it happened, that's uh, yeah. Because I know a lot of people that like even even one time coming into the church basement as we're having breakfast and Ward's bragging that he's sore because he just got snipped, hmm. uh, and and I'm thinking to myself, oh. You have no idea what the church teaches on this, yeah. and it, at that moment, it wasn't the time to talk to him about it. Uh, but but later on, having a conversation with him, like, what do they do in that situation? I mean, they talk because obviously it's not. I mean, it, it, like you said, it's potentially reversible. So do they got to go back yeah. and have other surgery? Or I, I th- it's a it's a stumper. I know. So. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, like I, I I don't know uh, specifically, but I believe uh, yeah if they they. We need to make some be open to uh, life. Yeah, whatever reparation is possible, yes. or um, and again, if in the case that they they didn't know yeah. that that was uh, unacceptable, their their culpability is is limited there also. But you know, in insofar as the fulfilling their vocation of marriage, um, and once once they do have that knowledge, they they should make whatever uh, <laughs> reparations reparations possible. Yeah. Okay. What last one? Sorry. Okay. Quick. Yeah, yeah, okay. What about if you had surgery and it prevented you, it, it, it made you sterilize, whether it be a, a total hysterectomy or maybe it, it caused As a result of an illness, a illness yeah. or something. Oh, yeah, not, yeah. Not, that's not, a totally that's different right? story. It's totally, yeah. it, that's totally no, different there's no, story. there's no intent there. So exactly. principle of double the intent. Good. That's what I want to make sure. Okay. Okay. So, uh, if people are wondering why we haven't mentioned pornography or masturbation today, yeah. It's because a whole episode is coming up on that topic of yeah. pornography. It needed its own time. Uh, we uh, we we're in a pandemic. Spoke about <laughs> of, <laughs> of, of, of pornography and masturbation. <laughs> I was like, "What's COVID got to do with this <laughs> now?" Yeah, I'm uh, sure there's some. Overlap. Although there is actually <laughs> COVID has something to do with it. Yeah, sure. I guess so. <laughs> uh, we we spoke about a lot of things today, and so thank you for this this conversation. I'm sure people will find it helpful. Now we only touched uh, uh, on them. Uh, a little bit, right? So we could we can go into these uh, a little more. So if people have any more questions, they can email us at the Catholic Buzz Podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, leave a comment on our YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram, and we're going to recommend two books to people. Okay? Yes. Uh, the book is called Holy Sex. It's a Catholic guide to toe curling, mind blowing, infallible loving, and that's available on Amazon. Okay? It's called Holy Sex. And the other book uh, we're going to recommend is uh, Good News About Sex and Marriage, okay? And that is uh, Christopher West, I yeah. believe. Christopher hey? West, Jason Everett, all good. Uh, they talk about the theology of the body. They break it down into different... Jason Everett's like a teenager, more um, easier to understand something. Yeah. Christopher West kind of gets deep into the theology of the body stuff. That's right. Great talk series if you can get to listen to them on the radio or on podcast or whatever. So yeah. that's Good News About Sex and Marriage, Christopher West. And then there is Holy Sex. Uh, that's like another book Greg. you can get. That's uh, Gregory... <laughs> Popcack, okay? So that's available on Amazon. That's all the time. We're probably a little over time. <laughs> that's all the time we have today. Uh, for Josh Sullivan and Matt Van Milligan, my name is Father Daniele. We'll see you next time on The Catholic Buzz. Mm-hmm.